All right. Welcome to the Salty Bro Book Club. I've got two guests. I'm my name's Adam. I'm in Portland, and we've got David, Stefan, me. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, we got a special guest today. We got Stefan sitting in with us after a serious badgering that we gave him last week. It almost it almost seemed like it would be a detriment to to us if you weren't to if he wasn't to appear. Hmm. So, did you did you read the have you have you read anything from the book or are you just sitting in i'm sitting in all right cool let's let's do just a quick check-in then like say i don't know let me start with dave because dave has been the co the co-anchor co-pilot for this thing how's your week been so far this week dave with reading up on the chapter and then doing the uh the uh, the app the the mind what's it called what's the app called waking up Waking up, yeah. Uh, my week's been great. Um, I can feel the progress continue, and I'm in a really interesting place that I never thought I would be. Um, super rad, like so, like on this like new level of spirituality that I never thought I would be able to get into, which has been like pretty awesome to experience. Right on, and Steph, how's your week been so far? Uh, it's been actually really good. It's uh, had some new things. The uh, hobby challenge pop up, and uh, what's the hobby challenge? Uh, so essentially, besides working, I've had nothing I've been attracted to besides working in meetings uh, over the past. I would say probably in a long time. So I'm trying to find something outside of that that uh, I can do that I can connect with. Essentially, uh, I, I really am excited about fishing and trying out these new fishing spots and then um, possibly rock climbing. I was talking to a buddy about rock climbing. Um, so yeah, there's there's been some actually new things. We're gonna be going to batting cages next weekend, me and another friend, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Right on. We we are we, right now. We are knee deep in Sam Harris's book, "Waking Up: Guide to Spirituality." We're going to be going over Chapter Three today. I just want to bring you up to speed, Steph, just to to bring you in on the show here. Last week we talked about the mystery of consciousness, and the week before that we talked about spirituality. Hmm. And would you mind sharing a little bit about how your relationship with spirituality? Yeah, so essentially, um, in my experience, and I, I should say like that, spirituality has been a uh, saving grace. And I, I like how I've kind of come to understand it's always been a fundamental thing inside of me, uh, but kind of an avoidance to tap into. And uh, it's like, I've always known the truth about it, but it, it's it's become this uh, thing that in, even in my regular life, like I still find it hard at times to like want to acknowledge it. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a saving grace. And I, and I believe if you're watching this video right now, you know what I'm talking about, you know, that feeling inside of you when you're alone or, or uh, whatever you're doing where, where you realize that there's uh, something more powerful at play. Uh, so that's my thing with spirituality. 
so it's it's an inner resource for you if i gathered that correctly yes yes a very vital vital part of uh how i live day in and day out how is how has your perspective dave changed over the course of these two chapters in this week we just had what's what's your stance on it now uh i was thinking about this on the way over here and um i used to have to always think that i knew exactly like who i was right like i had to have like all these pieces collected to know exactly who i was in those moments and uh reality is like after exploring some of this work and really tapping in like i no longer fucking care <laughs> like i don't have to have those pieces and what's so rad about that is I'm in this really interesting like spiritual skydive and I can be whoever I want to be like in that moment. Right. Like I get to, I was trying to think of an analogy on how to put it together. And it's like, imagine being an artist and like, I'm sketching out what's going on in like my brain and like what's going on in my life in that moment. And then I just don't like it and I, I don't have it quite figured out. So I'm just like <laughs> next. And like, I can continue to do that and figure out like how to create this moment that I'm trying to experience. Uh, without having to like have the I, you know, the knowledge of uh, oh well I'm attached to this and I'm gonna bring these experiences or I'm gonna be this person and then I'm gonna have all these pieces because I have this insecure feeling of needing to know exactly who I am. Um, so freeing, bro. It just feels like I'm in this like zen-like free fall riding this wave. How does that? How is that showing up for you? This would you mind speaking a little closer to the MacBook too? Yeah. Well, how's it shown up for you this week? Like, how does that, how do you, how does that work? How have you worked that out? Man, I'm just at like peace and I'm able to concentrate on the moment rather than try to attach labels or like bring in these outside things from my past or, you know, potentially my present or even the future into the equation because it's like, man, that's just going to, remove me from present moment and distract me from like what's really happening right here. Yeah. And that seems to be the game of mindfulness is that's literally for what's happening to me is like, that's going on all day long. It's like, I'm either in the past or in the future, or I'm identifying with something I'm doing. And I'm thinking that these things make me me when none of it is right. Like, and that's really what the chapter was talking about was the chapter itself is called the riddle of the self you know this and his and his 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 what he's trying to communicate it seemed like to us as the reader is the self is a total illusion yes that the pronoun i you know it? yeah it's it's not it's it's an egoic representation of it's it's almost uh it, he he said it this way is like it's like almost a form of psychosis it's like we're literally talking to ourselves in our head all day thinking we're this thing like the thinker, the person behind the, the face or the skin, like the, this barrier, like where is that person? And one of the things that like I thought was super interesting was he was like, well, what, what makes me the same person, right? Like from my experience, and he referenced it, like I've forgotten about 98% of the things that have happened to me. And realistically, man, like if you take from time I was born to now, my body is made up of completely new cells. Like I'm regenerating and becoming new all the time. So it's like, how can I say I'm the same person? Like it's impossible. 
Yeah, and that's like kind of what we touched on last week is the idea that our environments up until this point, and for your case, Steph, your parents, society, the rooms of recovery, you know, any environment, your career, it's all us trying to get us to assimilate to the structure or the construct of society itself. That we end up identifying and attaching ourselves to all these labels and all these identities of who we think we are because that's what a quote unquote good person do does or what a man does or what a professional does. And it brings us out of touch with our true self or in essence, in my experience, the spirituality, the, the essence of the moment, which is undefinable. Like it, it takes me out of the spontaneous engagement and experience of life itself because I'm so, so wrapped up in the narrative, of whoever I think I am, whatever story, like, I'm a football player. I'm so, I should be this way. I'm an athlete, you know, or I'm a rapper. I got to be this way. All that stuff is bullshit. I'm yeah. with you, Dave. It's a bunch of who it's a bunch of who are dude. Like he had this incredible line in there where he talks about everything that I've ever acquired has eventually gotten dispersed and I've lost it. So it's like all those things that I thought I was like, I'm no longer that person. And again, I reference back the, you know, if I'm truly in the moment and like, I'm truly serene and I'm like following this, this, this guiding force, then like, man, I get to literally write and co-create these moments. Like I don't have to be attached to, you know, my past and drag that in and like, you know, project that onto somebody else and like not show up as who I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause that happens all the time. Yeah, and it had me thinking because I listened back to our episode uh, from last, the one we released last week, and there was something that you asked in the show where you said, "What would you, what would you recommend for someone who's just now getting started?" Right, sure. and this idea popped in my head, and I'd forgotten about it because I, I started, I did it back, I, I did it back in the day, but anytime I would reach for my phone, anytime I, I went to reach for my phone to check Facebook, my email, my text messages, my Instagram, whatever I'm doing. I would stop myself and ask myself, why am I going to these things? Like it's, it's a lot of it is cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff. Your background, and just for people who don't know in the audience that are listening, but your background is in mental health. And a lot of, a lot of things that we learn in the realm of psychology, and I think Sam Harris might've touched on it too, is, is the, the idea that if we want to change, we have to interrupt, interrupt our old patterns of behavior. And what mindfulness and meditation does is it recognizes our patterns of behavior in the form of thoughts or even actions, like reaching for the, doing things subconsciously without realizing you're doing it because we've just programmed ourselves to, in a moment of quietude, rather than sit with ourselves and, and, and like listen to ourselves think, we'll go right to a device. Somebody uh, on social media asked me about like the saltwater tanks. And they were like, what's your experience been with it? Like, would you recommend it? And my first thought was like, well, if you cannot handle being alone, like by yourself with just your thoughts, man, like it's going to be rough for you because you're going to be floating there and you're going to be bombarded with all of these like things that you're walking around with. And if you're not in a great place, like it would be like miserable because, because of that, right? Like, Oh, well, like I'm sitting here. I can't grab my phone. I can't check my Instagram. I can't, I can't text somebody that I know is like waiting on me. Like 
you're literally sitting there for 60 to 90 minutes in a dark room by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, uh, I think one of the, the tenets of the, I wanted to ask you about this, Dave, especially about your week this week, but it seems like he was describing, and we, and we, we touched on this on the phone the other day, but when he, was, when he went to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, where Jesus delivered his Sermon on the Mount in Israel, he went there and he was surrounded by all these people. And he wrote about this in the, in the chapter. And he had this experience, um, almost like a Samadhi experience, where he, he, he ceased to exist. He was embodied in the moment and he felt like fully in tune with where he was supposed to be and whatever was, what was happening was what it was supposed to be. Like he felt peace and contentment. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Um, man, I experienced a little bit of that on the way over here. Like I was just kind of in the moment, man. And like I, I could like hear music differently. Like I could feel the notes. I could... I don't know, like I was just locked in, I guess, if that makes sense, where it wasn't like I was driving down the road and like the song is just something playing in the background while my mind is over here thinking about, you know, this kid that looked at me funny in third grade or, you know, all these other experiences that I've had. So you, it was almost like you were totally present. Yes. I felt like uh, Ace Ventura when he's like, he hands him that thing and he's like, you have chaved supergalactic oneness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You 80 years to achieve. Yeah. Any, any thoughts from you, Steph, so far as we're going along? Any questions or anything arising as you're experiencing this dialogue? No, no. This is actually pretty straight on with what I uh, go with, actually, with, the, with my spiritual mentor. Yeah. Not far off by any means. How does, he, how does he help you with this stuff? He talks to me about being human a lot. He really, uh, he's a really big believer that, uh, you know, we, uh, not, not just with like the narratives, but we, we have such a incapacity to believe that we're human beings, that we believe that we're either less than or more than. Uh, and the big belief is that, you know, being a child of God, right? Like once when you can get that firm, like I am, I'm a human living through experiences. Uh, then you become one with the moment and you understand like the stories biblically on how these people weren't like, they weren't like idols, man. They were just regular people like Job and stuff, experiencing human emotions going through their, you know, uh, just going through their lives. Some were very like trying experiences and others were, you know, very fulfilling and, and a lot of faith, you know? Uh, and, and that's, that to me is, is very like present. I, sometimes I can have an idea of like what I think spirituality should be, but like I was saying, it's, it's really just the thing inside of me, but the, really the rest of it is, like you said, I have no idea what's to come and what's behind me taught me lessons. But, but then again, just like theater of the lie, which is what you guys are talking about with stage characters has really has no bearing you know the characters that have been developed for me have no bearing on who i am now so that's what i'm gathering out of it yeah and i think you have i was talking i was talking about this earlier today but i think you've got the same thing that i've got where i'm like i want to be perfect and i'm my biggest judge and my biggest critic 
And I'm, I'm always psychoanalyzing and trying to figure out what's wrong with me or how could I have been better, you know, and, and critiquing myself all day long. Yeah. Yeah. It's really strange. I like, I want like, I want like the final, like, it's like this kind of, kind of a destination. I want like this final experience of enlightenment, but really it's like the whole journey is, is the alignment side of things is, um, and it's real, it's real addicting. Dave just said right before, you know, an experience where my subconscious and I'm like, I had no argument because I mean, for all I know, it's right. Like I'm very, I'm very, uh, addicted and geared to think about myself and characters that have been created for me or I created myself along the way. It's very subconscious. It's very addicting. Like, I don't even know that I'm doing it sometimes until like he might say something or somebody else might say something. And I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, you're right. I, I, you know, I, I don't have an argument versus that. That probably was just something I created. Right. So, yeah. And it, it, for me, at least I've had to learn how to let go. Uh, and like, even like in, in when, when you're, there's one thing to be aware that thoughts are happening. I'm not my thoughts, but also to be aware that I'm not the thing that's observing my thoughts either. I love, I love the silence thing that, that you were talking about, Dave, because I was watching that the other day and I, I spent a lot of time at the house alone, you know, more time I ever been alone in my life, uh, per se. And, um, I can definitely see, how my thoughts are like just going it's like it's wanting to create scripts constantly it just can't sit in silence and these scripts are very geared towards like what i've been doing for years so there's no growth behind it i'm basically just repeating the same cycle right and <laughs> we talked about that last week remember dave when i was like the mantra that i was using early on was i just want to be different yeah because all I have is my own mental baggage and my own narratives and my own ideas of how I think things should be or how I've been taught how things should be. And so I have to displace myself. And if there's going to be, it's like a step into the unknown. I have to be willing to sacrifice myself in pursuit of something bigger. There's a, there's a quote I just put up on Twitter literally just a few seconds ago. It was, uh, what did it say? I'm pulling it up right now. It said, you ha have the courage to lose what you call yourself, and you will find yourself. And that's essentially what this, what this whole chapter is about, is the illusion of the self, the riddle of the self, that we want to, like, the thread goes on forever, and it continues, in my experience, continues to reform. But the, the more mindful you are, the quicker you can let go of it. Or, or I can actually argue you know, like don't create something that's not there. Like on my end, like I, I, everything's fine. And I'm creating all these things to work on or narratives like you were talking about, you know? Right. You Maybe find yourself, you're, yourself already there, you know? Your, right. your natural state, you actually, we actually will create problems. Yeah. Like left unchecked, the human monkey brain we'll figure out something to, to make an issue. Yep. And if it's not happening externally, it's happening internally. 
Yep. Yeah, so like, it's really funny about that because um, did you read the part where he's talking about like somebody staring at you? Yeah. And like how like we call it like self-conscious, but it's really not self-conscious. It's the fact that like now you are conscious of somebody being conscious of you like and you know there's all these kind of like feelings that can be associated with that it's really i thought that was so like interesting to think about from that angle i could feel it from the very beginning of this recording and i still feel it now we are we are all showing up differently because we know we're being filmed right that's one of the reasons i wanted to get you on the show steph and i've been enjoying this so much with you dave is because i, I it's a it's a we have to stretch through that right we have to somehow you know, it's one thing to share in a group or it's one thing to share in a, uh, with a friend. It's another thing to say, you know what, this is who I am and anyone could see it. Anyone could hear it. Yeah, I, uh, I had an experience with that earlier. Like somebody had texted me um, and like said that they had like listened to the podcast and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and they were like, I was like, well, now you get to see this like whole other side of me that I you know, normally would never like show to somebody, I guess, unless you were like a little bit more closer in proximity to me, um, which I thought was just kind of funny. Like, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I just thought it was funny that it, it, it accelerated to like that point, but they yeah. got something out of it. Yeah. That's why I use, that's why everything for me right now feels like such a trip is because I used, I've been, I'm working through this right now, but I, I care so much about what we're doing. Like, each podcast, each essay, each song, whatever I create, I care so much about it that having to learn how to let go and realize that it's nothing, it's really nothing. It's just like the self, like the idea of who I think I am is nothing. Like I've got to be able to let go of even the things that get created in the process of, of creativity or whatever. It's like letting things go, you know? is damn difficult for me when I care so much. It's like having the, an empathetic level up here and an output level that's out here and just being like, all right, this is who I am. This is what I love, you know, and just doing it because I just to do it. I, I'm not used to doing things with that while also eliminating the reasons for them and the, and, and the results from them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like prior to this experience and prior to like stepping out onto this journey, like I would just assemble, um, you know, these like multiple characters and like personalities and like whatever social circle I was in or whatever I was like getting into, whether it was like athletics, you know, my ego was so inflated that I had to like live up to this, um, self like reflection you know that I thought I was like had to show up as like as an athlete or a son or you know a friend or whatever and so like each one of these different circles requires me to like build this character up and like if something's not working and I don't fit in I take a piece away and like you know constantly moving these puzzle pieces around and like it's it's bullshit because it's not authentic at all like i'm not showing up who i'm supposed to be as a you know just being present and like reciprocating the energy going on in that moment 
you know, it's, it's like, I'm wearing this mask and like, you're seeing what I get to show you in that time. And, um, you know, which is like the exact opposite of like where I'm at today, like who I'm going to show up as is present, you know, like aware that I'm having a like conscious experience right here, right now. And if a thought comes in to distract me, it's just a thought. I have no control over where it comes from or what I can do with it, but I can reset, focus on something small and then like immediately get back to like where we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, while you were talking, it it just made me think about what we were talking about, how there's a difference between waiting to talk or waiting to say something so people can hear it and then truly listening to what people are saying and being open to what wants to be said. You know, in the game of life, in the game of conversation, you know, like any, like everything, there's no final destination. It's under the ground. Like there's no amount of money that's going to prevent me from dissipating from this planet the same way every conscious entity that's ever existed here has. There's no amount of prestige or no amount of, of uh, I guess, uh, yeah, just like badges or awards that's going to make me any different than anyone who's ever existed. Yet in my mind, I feel like there's someone I have to be and something I have to do for the world or for your, what you just described, Dave, for this social group, I have to show up as Adam the athlete or I have to show up as Stefan, the, uh, uh, you know, the alumni coordinator, you know, and I, and it's, it's an interesting, and, and I've been think, thinking about this a lot recently, but it's interesting the way Alan Watts puts it is he's almost as like, the self, which we, which we're, which is a riddle, but like the idea of the self or the ego itself can be played with that. It's okay when these things show up, but the moment I think I'm those things or I, I attach myself or identify myself with those things, I'm fucked. Like it's okay for when a microphone's presented for me to step up there and just rip a rap. But when I think that, that, that do that act, creates value, like makes my existence valuable, I'm lost. Yeah. Like, um, I could tell you from my own experience, man, like I have attached myself to those things of like being an athlete and then, you know, or fill in the blank there. And then oftentimes like I'm so distracted by that, that when that label is removed, it's, I'm really susceptible to fall into uh, potentially a depressive state because I've put so much stock in on that one like adjective and what I thought that meant to me at the time. And now I'm in a state of like reverse osmosis with that. Like I'd rather just cash all my chips in and just go to like, you know, about as close to as a blank piece of paper as I could be and then like fill it up with like what's going on rather than like having this like poster on my wall in my mall like wall in my brain of like who I think I am and then just like you know trying to work towards that you know it'd be like a kid having like a favorite guitarist poster on his wall and then like you know what I mean like now you're not the original this guitarist you're just a another carbon copy of like that person because that's what you idolized absolutely yeah, and there's a there's an interesting theory that like uh, like the more I'm reading this stuff like this, the more I'm realizing how similar it is to like a diet or nutrition. Oh, one hundred percent. 
It really is like I am a product of the thoughts I'm allowing into my space. So if I'm watching 600 pound life all night with the misses, I'm not gaining. There's not, there's, it's just like eating junk food. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm, it, and it's so weird. Like when you get a taste of this, it's like when you get a taste of thoughts that change your reality to allow you to, like we are, like I, I, I'm on this one right now because it's, it's fucking with me. I don't know how to fully grasp it yet, but I do feel like it's my responsibility to feed myself and engage with thoughts that are, that are of service to something beyond me or service to, to better feelings and better ways of looking at things and better ways of living. That if I don't do it, I can continue to just spiral downwards into the depressive state, thinking I have to do this or do that to, to feel this way or that way. And I get all this excitement and this joy, but then it come crashing down with like existential despair. And it's like, no, what if, what, what if I were to actually drink from the thoughts of people that have really fleshed this stuff out, you know? What if I really let my mind rest for a little bit, you know, see what it wants to do when there's a new diet that's introduced? Yeah, like um, I'm on this whole kick of just trying to remove toxins out of my life right now, and that could include people, uh, the type of water that I drink, the type of air that I'm breathing, like all these things because... <laughs> Man, like to think that they don't have an effect is drastically underrated because they do. Even even down to like say the water that you're drinking, bro. You know, if it's not pure and filled with all these chemicals and you're just ch chugging it, like it's going to have an effect on your psyche. It's going to have an effect on like your emotions. And like these are things that you just don't realize, right? So it's like everything that I put in, including meditation has a has an effect and like that was one of the biggest things that he was talking about um that i had loved was like meditation is like breaking this spell of thought right like i don't want to think i just want to be and so like man I, i'm telling you right now i almost ordered this like 500 like water purification system because i was like, <laughs> like you know what i mean well it's true though right you think about it like that's 60 percent of me is water, the water and, and liquid that I put into my body. Right. But I also just do that. I see something and I like, I'm yeah, gone. Fucking like Jake went and bought a $1,500, uh, what, what did he buy, dude? It was something so useless. <laughs> it was like a machine. He bought a machine to, I can't even remember. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm just like, just don't drink diet cokes all day or coke all day you know it's like as long as water's water <laughs> but it's not true though uh, it's a whole other podcast we'll get into it what about the the purification ramifications of the water, <laughs> <laughs> how is it going for you like man like i guess what came out of this chapter like what really stood out out of this chapter the most for you um, it's a weird thing. It's just, just the, it's like, like the other chapter. It's just nice to know, that, to be totally honest, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. Mm -hmm. Like hearing it from Sam Harris, basically saying your idea of yourself is bullshit. It's like, man, I've been I, like, it's nice just to be validated uh, because it's like, what's what I've felt for a long time. And it's very, 
it gets very heady when I've tried to communicate it because I don't, I haven't known how, you know, uh, because there's no escaping the me that's showing up right now and the me that you guys know, but I don't feel like that me. Every day I wake up, I'm like, who the hell is going to show up today? I don't know who, what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it. You know what's so funny about that is like, you used to come at me with that, those like ideologies and like that talk. And I was just like not in a teachable place to receive it. And you would just say certain things. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. He's on this hippie shit again. Like I, I gotta go. Like this, this isn't jiving with what I'm trying to pick up. Uh, and now here we are, look at that. I mean, there are some, if you want to go back, dude, there's some awkward ass YouTube videos with me and good guy Garrett Golden, dude, just straight up <laughs> having like space in our bed and the, on the screen behind us and just being like, we're the energy man. We're just fucking energy, dude. And it's like, it's true though. It's fucking true. Like we get to experience this conscious beingness, you know? And like the only reason I'm Adam is because someone decided to name me Adam. Like I didn't choose that shit. You know, the only reason like it's, you know, somebody I was thinking about this the other day too. Somebody made me a defensive end. I would have liked to have been quarterback. Why didn't yeah. I ever get a chance to try quarterback? <laughs> Nobody ever said Adam or entity known as Adam. What position would you like to try? Coaches just throw you where they tell you to go. The, the, you know, it's, it's school systems tell you whether you're smart or not. You know, they have you take a test. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I think it goes back to what we were talking about, about for me, like I'm in a state of life where I just want to constantly level those things out. And I just want to be in this place of homeostasis where I'm never too far, like out of balance. Like it's okay to, to sway up and down a little bit, but I never want to be out of balance. And I need to be trying to feel that balance inwardly rather than go after external things that I think are going to satisfy me. Cause again, he talked about it, right? Like everything I've ever acquired, I've eventually lost at some point, whether it's a girlfriend or a, a place to live or a car, like eventually those things expire and go away. But, you know, I have the opportunity to stay in the moment and like essentially what he's talking about, like be free, man, like be free of this thing that I think I am. Yeah. Also like to raise a point though, too, that I don't, I don't know if both y'all believe in this, but I do. I'm a firm believer that as much as there's that side of you that you say you don't know, there's also a side of me that says there's seasons of life and that you do know in some extent what you should be doing. And I am like a, there's so many books out there with like, dude, I got this nudge to go do this, or I got this nudge to go do that. And like, was it an identity about, I don't know. I don't know if they, you know, as human beings were so powerless over some of these things, you know, the best, the best thing I could do is acknowledge my humanity. Uh, but, you know, with the, with the line thing, of thought, how, how do you, cause I, I agree with that. How do you know, like, when do you get that feeling of knowing what you you need to do? Can you give an example? It's just, it's so, uh, personalized. I, I can, uh, Hmm. I guess, okay, uh, before I started working at uh, Ridgeview, I, uh, I 
I was working up at Whirly Ball, and uh, it kind of came to my mind one day to work at Ridgeview. Now, if I was in this state of, you know, whatever, I didn't, you know, I just let it go, but it just kept coming. And it was really, to me, a very powerless thing. It was kind of like the ball just kept moving. I got excited, but there was a lot of fear. I've never worked in recovery, nor did I think if I could. So I went up to my uh, mother who worked at Ridgeview and said, is there any halfway houses that would hire me? And then Ridgeview called me the next day. And uh, I went up there and started working, you know. And it's been a monumental thing to me and many others since then. Um, and that was just a season of my life that I just knew. Now, I, that's, the, that's the point. I don't know if that's supposed to go on forever. But I knew that was the direction I was supposed to go. And you um, felt it in your core. You, like, felt it. Yeah. Dave, have you had an experience like that? Yeah, but then, you know, like, you could also argue, like, there's so many pieces of your brain, like, subconsciously that make all these decisions for you. Like, you actually have already decided to do an action before you actually take the action. And they've done, like, so much research on that, right? Like, if I choose to pick up my phone, that was subconsciously done, like, way, 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 way before it actually even happened. I just put it into action with neurons, right? Um, in the realm of behavior yeah right and the other thing is like for me again like if I feel like I'm moving in those directions or like I've been nudged a certain way like I would have to investigate especially now like I would want to investigate like how much of that is just like my subconscious desire to change where I'm at because I'm just uncomfortable and this is what I think I need right now you know, so it's easy to take off in a direction or feel like I've been nudged. Um, but if I'm not aligning myself or doing certain things, man, like, you know, I could be wrong and I got to be willing to be wrong. So what was it when you decided to stop doing personal training and you were going to go on the road, you were going to go tour with, with musicians and stuff? When, what was that? How did you come to that knowing to do that? Financial stress. Like I wasn't making a lot of money where I was at. Like I love the job as far as like service was con concerned because I'm helping others. I get to see people change their life on this very like personal level. And I had a passion for it, but you know, I was like reaching at this stage of life where something had to change because like I wasn't making a lot of money. And so it was like, all right, I need to take off and go down this road. And I just quit my job and took off on a whole path that externally looked like a really good job for me, right? Because I was fixated on how much money I could make. It was like a six-figure income that could potentially be earned of where I ended up at. And then I fucking hated it, right? Like, I remember sitting at this desk, watching these landscapers across the street leave work at like four o'clock. And it was just like a simple day of blue collar work. And I was like, God damn, like I'm jealous because I'm sitting here stuck in this suit and I'm miserable. Like this is crushing my fucking soul. And how I ended up where I was at, man, was dumb luck. People ask that all the time. Like, how did you get this job? It's so cool. And you get to go all these things. And I'm like, shit, I wish I could tell you because I don't even know. What I did was just continue to like move somewhere that wasn't where I was at.
and like here's where I've landed. But you but you've never had that experience of like, you know, they we talk about it in in twelve step stuff as like the intuitively know what to do kind of a thing in the realm of our career or our endeavors or our curiosity or our passions. Like that's what I think Steph was getting at when he said that I do believe there's a difference. Like it's one thing to recognize I don't know shit, but there's also this internal knowing that you can establish. And that's what continues to fascinate me because when I was struck with it, like it was total powerlessness. It was the other end of the spectrum. Like I used to shoot dope all day. I couldn't control that. Then I'm stone cold sober. And it's like, I'm having these fucking ideas and this curiosity. And I need, I need to call Stefan and be like, bro, I need to be in a, in a, in a group therapy session. I need to be working with people struggling with mental health issues. I just knew it. Like there was just like, I remember when it happened to me, I was driving home from the warehouse. I called Steph and I put my two weeks in the next day. I didn't even know if I would get a job anywhere or not, but it was like, I can't sit in this warehouse another day when I have all these things I need to figure out and discover out there. And I guess the, the warehouse was kind of a metaphor for the cubicle because I knew like I could be there forever. You know, I was making great money. I love listening to podcasts. I could write whenever I wanted. Anytime I had a thought, I was writing out essays, but I just, there was this knowing in me that was like, you gotta, this is, it's, it was funny. It just, I, I pick, I remember picturing in my mind, I was driving home from work before I called Steph and I was just picturing if you could go anywhere and do anything, what would you want to do? Like, what would you want to do for your job? And I was like, I'd like to be in a group therapy. I hear people talk about their issues and I just ran with it. And that's, and that's where I, as much as I want to agree with you, and I don't really have an argument versus the characters that we built upon ourselves, I do think as human beings, we know more than we give ourselves credit. And sometimes it's, it's not the answer that I want, so I want to create something different. Like right now in my life, it's a lot of patience, a lot of adjustment to silence, and then finding a simple hobby off to the side. It's not this excruciating issue or this extravagant experience coming up. It's very simplistic things, which my mind's very geared towards extremes. So no wonder it creates narratives every now and again <clears throat> that gets me to overthink because I, I live a good life. It's not exciting. It's not boring. Uh, or it could, it could be at times. But really, the, the next season of mine that's really embarking on is really this adjustment to the to the silence, you know, and uh, being able to sit. So, um, yeah, sit with myself, learn to love myself even more. Even when yourself doesn't exist, you you could say that. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, learn to just sit. Yeah. So what, what I think Harris is getting at, and we're, it'll go into it in the next chapter. The next chapter, I think, is just called Straight Up Meditation. Yeah. <laughs> he, he says, this is, I love how he ends it. He says, in the next chapter, we will see that the illusion of the self can be investigated and dispelled in just this way. And then it goes into meditation. Um, I can tell you from my own experience and what the theme of all my writing and my, all this podcast, all the stuff that I do seems to be is unification. That the essential self 
is an, uh, an embodiment of presence, of a totality, just pure consciousness. Like, there, like I would not exist without you. This, would, this moment would not be here without you guys. And if you magnify that and you, and you extrapolate that, that's all of our lives from here to Timbuktu. Like we're all just bouncing off of each other, coexisting in this shared expression of, of the universe or life or reality as it unfolds. Um, so yeah, when I, when I think about how to love myself, I have to learn how to love reality, mm. love other people, you know, because there are, they're all, they're all just other me's. There is no real me. Right. And like Juicy J says, I'm, I'm who you want me to be. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta love other people. I gotta love me. I don't, there so is no that, what, does that, what does that look like for you? For me? Yeah. Um, I share a little bit of, I understand what, what you're saying. Uh, my, my belief system's a little bit different with it. I think that there is, there's a lot of, with the energy side, I definitely agree, but I think there's just so much on like, you just look at like journeys and you look at like, you know, where people are at and what, and what they do and what they get called to do. Cause I really believe like you get called, you know, and you're playing a role and uh, essentially a role that's going to fulfill, uh, you know, your purpose, what your heart desires and stuff like that. Um, I do think there's a sense of self, but not the idea of self that I have. There is a, there is a sense of, uh, of me embracing who my higher power god wants me to be you know um so what does that look like like how, how does how do you do that my next step is is silence just being able to sit in silence meditation uh that's the biggest thing you know no more distractions no more 30 different things or talking to 27 different people which I'm good at, you know, I've, a, I've, a, it's almost like I've achieved that, you know, uh, that skill set. The next skill for me is going to learn how to be quiet and be okay with being quiet, you know, even more. Um, and that's all I know. I don't know anything else about me in that realm. You know, I don't know where it's supposed to take me either. That's a, <laughs> that's the scary thing, right? Like there is no planned destination on my part. It's just kind of like, you know, this is what's next thing I know I need to work on. And, uh, yeah. So I do, I get, I get it. I get what you're saying with the, with the consciousness and that we are all, we are all the same to me. I, I, I think we all come from the same thing. We're all just a tad bit different in like the journeys and the roles and the trials and tribulations that you'll go through comparative to like what I will go through or what Dave goes through, you know? I mean, there's some people that are born to be Beethoven composers and others that are born yeah. to engineer and like build skyscrapers. I agree with you. Like everyone has their own path. We're in a cobweb. We're in like a fucking yeah. lane. So it's like, it's, it's hard for me to grab to that concept 
because there is things inside of me that I just innately love, like sports or talking to somebody about life. It's, it's like I was just born that way, you know? Um, I love talking about life. I love sports. Uh, I love my family, you know? Um, I don't know. Yeah, but I guess my question to you could be like, how much of that were you born with and how much of that was like learned in your developmental stages when you were a kid? Because a lot of things that we were given in those early developmental years, like if I choose to just accept that that's who I am, like that's who I'm always gonna be. But then I would, I would also question that is like, what if that is who I am? And what if that's supposed to be who I am? You get what I mean? Like, what if this is like a gift? Like these are like God's gifts that I have. Don't get me wrong, they, they don't define who I am. That's my issue. I take these like so-called gifts or definitions of myself and I say, this is only Stefan. And that's what you and Adam are talking about. Like, I don't spend any time working and all this stuff on other things. I'm just like, this is just what makes me up and I don't need to learn anything more. I'm good. Well, it's like, you know, it's like things that are buried in my subconscious, like my, a cake that I had on my third birthday and like the way that my mom like showed me to like blow it out or that's just a random example. But I'm saying all those things that like I have forgotten that just didn't stick are buried in there and have an effect. Like, and if I choose to not look internally, then like, I'm just going to be that. I can't argue that. Yeah. I just can't. You're you're right, but I can't, but you could be wrong. I just can't prove you're wrong. My my point of that is, (laughs) my point of that is, is to, to push you in this direction to like, forget everything that you know, bro. Like, and just start at this interesting like zero state where you're walking on this journey and you're discovering who Stefan is like new, like this is all going to be new to you rather than just like be carrying like all these things about who I think that I am, because that's, that's what we're talking about here is like who I think that I am is really irrelevant. Like, because who I am doesn't exist anymore. That, that those, those memories and those times and those things that I attach myself to, like they're fucking over. Like I kicked a game winning field goal once, like a 63 yard field goal, but like, I'm not that guy. It's like, yeah, back in 97 <laughs> at a game winning field goal. Love it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if I went back to that same high school, I mean, I hold records at a high school bro for kicking. And if I went back there today, they would have no fucking clue who I am. <laughs> and so many people attach themselves to like those moments and who that made them in, in those moments that to, to me, from my experience, it, it's like, I'm looking over there. I told Adam this story. Like I'm looking over there. I was running. I, I busted my lip. Right? I busted my lip when I was like seven. I fucking split it wide open and I was playing football kid threw me the ball and I'm like looking back at it and I'm like running full steam right so like essentially this is a a metaphor for my past and I'm running and like 
I'm right about to catch it. And as soon as I catch it, I fucking turn my head and like, boom, smack right into this tree, knocked me out, busted my lip open. And like, that is essentially like the present, right? Like I'm looking at the past and like, I'm not even awake for the present. And so like, I'm missing these moments and it's going to just fuck me up if I'm not like attuned or attentive to it. That's like what I'm getting from all this stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm in a grant. I just still think some things in Adam shared earlier, some things are kind of intuitive. Now, what I'm, what I'm seeing, what you're saying is like, sometimes I can govern my life. And I guess a lot of people do, you know, um, and they govern their, their lives about all this stuff that's, that's created. I know I'm guilty of it, you know, uh, off baseball, off of who I am in recovery, et cetera. And really those things don't matter. Um, yeah, I guess we're, I guess we're coming from the same side. I just firmly believe like there's specific things and seasons that I do know what I need to be doing. Um, and I don't know why. Quantify, I want you to quantify a season for me then. Um, how, like how long is a season? That's what I, I'm curious. I have about. no control, man. I have, it's just, it, it, it comes and it goes. I'm completely powerless over, over, I, I, I don't even have, I don't, I can't even see the calendars, you know, of like what, why this comes, when it comes, when it's, when is it going to end, you know, um, just try to be as adaptable as I can and try to try to be okay with me being human throughout the experiences. Some days I'm going to have fear. Some days I'm going to have doubt and that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Um, like I, I love, I love all the stories. Like I'm a real, I love it. Like you'll catch me like watching videos of them, like the individuals, Adam went through one, like writing this book, you know, that he was writing and like, it was just like, I don't know. He was just guided by something else, you know? Uh, was the book going to help him out or anything? I don't know. But I told him, just finish it. Um, and, he, and you see people just take these, like, leaps of faith who they, they have no idea. Jay, Jay Shetty, you know Jay Shetty? his inspirational speaker he was just talking about he said in his family you're defined by being a doctor or a lawyer uh and he went off and went to go be a monk for three years so like in his family you're you're literally a doctor or a lawyer his whole entire family he went to go he got his business degree was gonna go do like law school or something but shot right went to stay with monks for three years got out started shooting inspirational videos. Now he's like this huge celebrity hit with inspirational videos. And he like refuses to be bounded by the belief systems of like what he should be doing. Cause right. now what he's doing is like not even what monks do. Monks don't come out and shoot inspirational videos. Right. But this is the difference between him and us is he's, he's discovered his truth. Right. And what Dave is presenting to you is the idea that you the idea that you already have a recollection of who you are and what you're good at and what you're going to do, you know, is a repeat cycle of everything we've done up until this point is like, um, essentially it's almost like, uh, like 
the metaphor Dave used was great of like, you know, like I, I agree. Like I, I do know that it's important to be human. I do. And I also know it's important to let ourselves feel and work through these emotions. But by no means do I believe they need to be permanent states of reality. I do not believe, I do not believe we have to stay where we are. It's our choice if we want to choose to be different. And what different means is it's not up to me. Like season of my life, right? Who, what's the quantification for how long a season lasts? I don't know how long I wrote that book. I'm still writing, dude. Yep. So the season's never ended. Yet every morning I wake up and it feels like the first day of, of this entity known as Adam. And what is he going to do? I wonder what I'm going to do too. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's what makes it exciting. It's like I'm playing around, trying to make sense of, you know, just working through. I know I can't listen to this 110%. This does not have my answers. And if you're on audio, I'm pointing at my brain and my, my head. But I know I don't have the fucking answers. And I, and I think sometimes, though, that, that my only argument is I think sometimes you do. Not up here and here. I think sometimes you know what you need to be doing innately. I'm not going to say it's this big glorified philosophical answer, but I'm going to say like you, we know more than we think sometimes. And it's like the, the, the answer is not, it's kind of given to us on a daily basis. Like, I don't know, some days you wake up and you know that you want to go to three meetings, you know, or you want to go rafting or something like that. I mean, it happens to me every morning, dude. Every morning I wake up and I, something starts happening. I start doing something and I know it's what I'm doing. But I also, what I've had to learn to do, and you, you said the key word yourself, which is adaptability. Yeah. That means in the moment. That means the minute I think I know what I need to do and reality shows up and says, hey, bro, the engineer is not returning emails. He's not on the Skype call. You know, it's like, oh, fuck, I adjust. Obviously, reality doesn't want me to have this meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just about like it really is. You could you could segue the season of your life from daily to hourly to minutely. You can have a new season all day long in that moment. Yeah, he had a great uh, he had a great reference point when he was talking about the pipes in his house busting and like how he was getting completely frustrated and like he calls somebody to get it fixed and like it bust again and he was just like going through this whole like series of you know what could be like really like aggravating moments and he just talked about it and he left it with a line of like every moment of the day every moment throughout one's life offers an opportunity to be relaxed and responsive or to suffer unnecessarily like that was like amazing if you think about it and like that that's what i'm like trying to present to you is like the word suffer can kind of get twisted and used differently but it's like man i'm essentially suffering if i'm clouded with all these things you're saying that this innate force is driving me and nudging me to do things and i I agree with you there because man i'm a firm believer in right place right time but what i'm flipping it back and saying to you is if i'm clouded with worries of the future and like labels of attachment and like presentations of my past and all these things that i think are making me up I'm blind, bro. I'm essentially walking into this situation blind. And like what I think is a, is a spiritual nudge may actually be subconsciously like 
this innate desire for something to protect me. I mean, right, we're like we're mammals at the end of the day. So it might be I'm seeking food, shelter, attention, love, like acceptance, like all these other things. And, and so it would be really easy if I'm not clear internally and I'm not looking inside and I'm not at peace here, it would be really easy to judge and like skew that nudge into something that like sets me off on a path that I don't really even need to be on. Yeah. That'd be too, that'd be too tough. And I do agree with you on that. If whenever I'm in the, whenever I'm in the future of the past, I can, I can honestly tell you from the data and I can really tell you, like, honestly, my answers have never been a clear cut. Yes or no. They've been like a process of let me call you and Adam and see if this is the right thing for me to do. Cause I'm excited. But really what it is, is like, I'm stuck in the future or the past. I'm not present. And I'm trying to get y'all to like direct me on what I need to do because I'm not sure. Yeah. So like, imagine we're like getting ready to skydive, and me and Adam like are getting ready to jump out, and like we're literally trying to kick you out of the door right now to get you to free fall on this journey with us. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't <laughs> no, I mean, just, I was. I'm sorry, I was lost for a second because this triggered a memory for me, but. Fuck, dude, there was a moment, there was a moment when I was going to uh, Diane Sherman and Mark Pimsler's uh, classes, the CAC classes, and it was right when I started rapping, and I was going through one of the worst times of my life, totally heartbroken, depressed, not knowing, nothing I loved, nothing I, I thought I liked doing, it made me feel joy anymore. I was like, I, I seriously was in dark night of the soul. And I remember I'm at the CAC class with, and I, I take Pimsler outside and I walk out with him and he's like, what's going on? I'm talking to him. And, um, I started crying and I broke down and I, I remember talking to him and being like, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know why I can't feel any sort of happiness or contentment or peace. And I'm just not a rapper. And like tears are flowing down my eyes. I'm looking at him. I'm like, I'm not a rapper. And I look back at the, at the group of the people I was learning all the therapy modalities with and, and like the exercises we were doing. And I was like, this is, that's, it's all that's so natural to me. And I'm, and I, and I, it all comes so intuitively. I don't know why I'm trying to be this thing, you know, and I, and I couldn't stop myself from doing it. You know, I didn't know what else to do. I was out of options. I only, the only thing I had it was able to rely on at that time was myself which is an illusion, which is an egoic representation of bullshit. I did not know how to trust. I did not know how to have faith. I did not know how to live in the unknown. And, and I broke down. And, uh, and it's funny you sharing this now is like, as I sit here today, literally living in a life that I can't even imagine. Like I literally can't believe I, that I'm doing exactly what I want to do every minute of every day. It's insane to me. And rap is not involved at all. I knew that to be true when I was breaking down, like that was my truth and it cracked me, cracked me open. And I still, I still couldn't do anything about it. So like when it comes to like, if people that may or may not want to skydive or like jump in, it's like, we're, there's nothing we'll ever be able to say to do or not do, man. Like we're all on our own. We all have to figure out things on our own way. I feel like Brody in uh, Point Break, like I'm just standing on the beach Ready to catch that mysterious wave, bro. I've been looking for it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Come and suck it with me. 
You know, and that's, that's the other thing too, is I, I got into a state of paralysis yesterday. You know, my, my, I started trying to strategize and plan this podcast, the release of this show, the release of a different essay. It put me into a state of non-action. Mm. And that's, that's painful for me too, because I start thinking. Like, I, 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 you know, it, and what I learned was when I finally pressed publish on the piece before today's podcast, all of a sudden, like you were describing, Steph, a knowing crept up in me. And before I knew it, I was downstairs downloading a video off YouTube to share on the self-will page to promote Patrick's music. I was like, I'm going to share Pat's music everywhere right now. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have finally just said, fuck it, press publish. Fuck it, just do the thing. You know, fuck it. I also think everybody's skydiving experience. I think everybody does have a skydiving experience. And I think, uh, you know, I think it's just not up to me to understand what that is and, and why that is. I think people's fears are different. I think people are just designed very similarly, but, but slightly different. I mean, everybody's ex like everybody's big experience is going to be different. That's why I, I try to be as sensitive as I can and try not to judge. Wow. What was that? Um, I might have to, go check out what my neighbor's doing. Wait, that's, that's your neighbor? Yeah, it's fireworks. Oh, it's like oh don't worry yeah. about it, dude. If it's fireworks, ain't no one's going to die. <laughs> is he? Uh, well, if you're listening, Stefan is gone now. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Yeah, Dave, I, I, I just, that's what's so cool. I think that's why we write stuff like this. I think why Sam Harris... Cause I was thinking about that too. Cause I was kind of knocking much ado about nothing. Like his whole consciousness thing. He has intellectually jerked off to get to, Oh, we don't know. Yeah. But I think Sam Harris wrote this book. Uh, and I think we do these creative things so we can communicate it for people that are ready to receive it. Like yeah. and also for himself, like Sam had to make sense of this shit for himself. It says right here, guide to spirituality without religion. I still don't know where he stands on spirituality. Yeah, I know it's very, uh, very unclear. But I think we're getting there, and and I'm I'm excited. He's he's kind of dropped it enough, like you know, he's thrown enough breadcrumbs on the trail to lead us back to it. But I think it's going to come later on. Uh, but I think what he is doing is really setting you up to be receptive to what he's trying to teach you, because he's literally layering it in a very teachable manner. Um, you know, because if you have the title of that book, man, there's already going to be some sort of preconceived, you know, ideology, like whatever that, that may be blocking you off from accepting what he's trying to give to you. And I, and I think I, I agree with that. And I, but, and I also find it hard to feel, I think part of it, it's reason it's written this way is because he's discovering it as he's writing it. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people do what they do is they want to see what they're capable of, or they want to see what they know to an extent. Because if it's true, if we really aren't who we think we are, then how do we figure out what we believe or what we think or what we feel? We have to talk about it. We have to capture it. We have to separate it from the mind. We have to look at it objectively. So, Sam Harris is having all these experiences and he knows all this stuff about neuroscience and neurology. 
And he's trying to synthesize uh, a path for someone who feels the way he feels, where it's like, I know religion's bullshit. You know, I, I know that uh, whatever anyone else is telling me about God is bullshit. I know that no one knows God, because if they did, they would be God. You know, so how do I take what, how do I take the experience I've been having with, with my meditative and mindful practices and synthesize it into something that is, that I can understand? Because I don't, I think we're walking around all day with a head full of ideas and beliefs and motives and inscriptions. And part of our, part of the meditative and part of our practice, I think, is just dissolving these things, raising them up. Yeah, I agree. Tearing those, um, tearing those barriers down, I think, to really be able to get, um, like, quiet is what I would say, is, like, letting go of the fact that, like, I'm not my thoughts, you know, like, I'm not my TV show, like, I'm not any of those things that, like, I could attach myself to, and I really want to just be quiet inside, bro. You know, you know, it's funny when you said that, I kind of did that to help me out with my anxiety the other day. I had, uh, had all these, I don't know, dude, it was crazy. Everything was going well, been doing well, practically every area, you know. And I'm having like all these insecure thoughts about what other people might think and et cetera. And I, I kind of, I use exactly that line. Like I am not only not these thoughts, like I'm not like, you know, what this, what this TV show or, you know, but it's, it's crazy things, the, the way that my thoughts come up and I literally will like believe the narratives and yeah, man, I wonder how much, yeah, it is controlled by like, he talks about that though. He talks about how like essentially we are, um, these voyeurs, right? Like we watch movies and we watch them in like these theaters or we watch them in the comfort of our own homes. And like, we get to see like, their morality and or their choices and what they would or wouldn't do and we get to kind of like play with that and you know essentially judge it and see it from afar when it's like yeah but like none of that's even real like i've been stuck on the terminator series does that mean like i feel like i'm john connor now and like i'm gonna be around all these robots and i'm supposed to lead this like revelation like revolution picturing dave in society as john connor um well, so my point, of saying, <laughs> my point of saying that is like, I, I gotta be, again, I gotta be careful with like what I'm putting in and like, and like what I'm, what I'm viewing and perceiving. I second that because my therapist called me Hollywood because I always thought true love was going to show up as Hollywood presented it. Yeah, I think we all did, dude. Call me Hollywood for years. Actually, technically, I'll probably, I'm probably still stuck in that character. Yeah. I would say Disney did a number on all of us, dude. Gosh, dude. 100%. This is, and now we found our answer. Disney's the issue. (laughs) (laughs) We can just end the podcast for this week, dude. That's that's a whole separate podcast. I can literally blame all of my issues on Disney now. It's a whole separate podcast. (laughs) So let's wrap it up. Is there anything else that we want to do before we close? Any notes you got, Dave? Any final thoughts, Steph? I'm glad that I stepped on here this week and um, actually, believe it or not, I really didn't feel pressure on being on camera or pressure about sounding a certain way. 
So that's a lot of progress. Usually I feel immense pressure about being on camera or sounding a certain way, and I didn't. Nice. Than usual. How, was the, how would you say the experience was? Did it, did it take a while to get comfortable? No, therapeutic. No, I think I was just ready. I think I was more ready this week. I've been operating a lot of my alone time, and I didn't know. You know, here's the interesting, right? I didn't, I, Dave just said I'm coming over tonight. He didn't say anything about this. I just told myself the next time this is in front of me, I'm going to do it. Because um, I just wanted to do it because of those interesting conversation that I chose not to join in last time. So therapeutic, I should say therapeutic. Nice. Dave? I'm just trying to get radical, baby. <laughs> well, I've got some notes, just to final thought notes. Hit me. All right, here we go. Uh, the idea of I, which is me, or Stefan, or Dave, is a product of thought. Pure consciousness is between the experience. It's emptiness or void. It is just pure experience. Consciousness does not feel like a self. It's a happening. The totality of experience itself. So yeah, I just, that's just a note. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> I don't on top of that wave right now, enjoying that little nugget of wisdom you gave me. Right Dude, there. I literally, I read his whole chapter and then was like, all right, I'm going to take everything he said and try to simplify it into, into two things. Wave of my life, 50 year storm. So yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, the meditate. What is it? Chapter, is it chapter four? Chapter four. Chapter four, meditation. Yeah, feel free to reach out, hit us up, share, share your experience with the book if you're reading it, share your thoughts if you're as confused as we are about who we are. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Still free falling over here. And I'm pretty sure you just triggered the, the final song for the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be playing right now as we're speaking. I did. Did you get the other one that I had? That will be in the intro as well. See, it, it came out beautifully tied together. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us, Steph. Uh, I'm going to, we're good. I'll be back next week. Cheers, bud. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime, dude. Are you going to get the book? I need to. I was just too lazy. Yeah, got to get the book, bro, because then, then you, we, you can talk about meditation with us. Hey, how's the app going for you? Bro, the app's going great, dude. Have a meeting tomorrow. Um, I think I already told you that. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, not you. Not your app. The meditation app. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't started it. I haven't done it. I didn't press the link. God damn it. <laughs> I'm, happy for, I'm happy for your app. <laughs> I was actually... Yeah. He had who he thought he was, and now it's gone. And now it's gone. Oh, no, I got to make a note when I'm... Because I'm going to have to edit this. Uh, the beginning is lose yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. I'm gonna find a, a cover, a cover of it too. <laughs> yeah. Nice, dude. Good job, guys. All right, buddy. Peter's about to die. Yeah, it's that's two percent. Bye, Adam. Bye. Chat tomorrow. Love you, dude. Right, love you guys. Bye. Later. Crazy about Elvis, 
Gonna leave 